Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, uh, so before we get into today's episode, we have a few more announcements, social media interactions, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, we have a couple of a sh- cu- couple of shout-outs for our listeners. One of our listeners, at Rosie Mary Man, uh, tweeted at us, I believe, yesterday, which doesn't mean anything uh, to you. It actually was not yesterday, oh. but, I yeah, I hadn't been checking the Twitter, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, recently. Um, Within the past week. Yes, and mentioned that she's really excited about uh, Camden Cast doing season four, as uh, she thinks that season seasons four to six are the quote-unquote... Seventh Heaven Sweet Spot. So we're excited that you're excited at Rosie Merriman. Um, and I would agree with that. Those, yeah. those are the best, uh, I don't know, the most classic episodes. Um, we also had, going into season four, um, stopped doing the best Camden at the end of, or favorite Camden at the end of every episode, and she had mentioned that. Um, she thought that was a good way to wrap up uh, each episode. Um, we had clearly disagreed because we dropped it. Um, so if you have any thoughts about that, um, we'd like to hear if, if there are any like kind of regular bits or things we do that we may have stopped doing that you think we're working and you might want us to bring back or um, things you think we should be doing. Um, let or, us know. No, or things that aren't working. Yeah, yeah. let us know um, through Twitter, email, all the things we'll let you know later. Um, um, and then we had an Instagram comment from our Instagram follower uh, at Brittany Lampka, uh, who actually told us about uh, Barry Watson's new show on Up TV, on the Up Network. Yeah, um, so Barry Watson is on a new show on Up TV that just premiered this past Friday, June 2nd. Um, it's called Date My Dad. Um, it comes on at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Up TV, so you can check your local listings. I mean, only one episode has aired so far. On Fridays, right? Yeah, on Friday nights at 9 p.m., um, and the pilot will be re-airing, so if you want to check your local listings, um, it looks like it's going to be on. Um, a lo- I don't think they have a whole lot of original programming on that channel, so they, they will be playing the episodes over and over again if you want to see what Barry Watson is up to these days. Um, Apparently he's playing a father in this. Yeah, like a single dad. So it's called Date My Dad. So right. his like, children are trying to get set him up um, with people. I think he's like he's aged very well. Um, so if you want to see what like 40, mid-40s Barry Watson is doing. looks like. Um, appara- well, when I first heard the name of this show, I thought it was a game show. Like, come and date my father. And Barry Watson's child was doing this, but no. Or he was like the host of the game show, but that's not it at all. I was wrong. Uh, but that's about it. So, um... Oh, also, Beverly Mitchell's show with Jody Sweeten and Christine Lakin, uh, they, they just wrapped their first season, and I watched some... Maybe, maybe I, I said this, maybe we'll do that as like a bonus episode of critiquing that show, because it was truly terrible, and it was like The Hills, in that it was like a reality show, but it wasn't a reality show. Um, it was a scripted reality show, whatever that means. Yeah, and it was truly, truly terrible. Uh, I didn't get to watch it, but I did get some snaps of it. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll get some snaps of Date My Dad, since I don't get the Up Network. I will not be watching Date My Dad. But well, there we go. Well, you can let us know, then, our listeners, if they are listening to anyway, watching. Anyway. So this is Camden Cast. Um, and we'll be talking about Seventh Heaven. In this episode of Camden Cast, we will be taking on... Season 4, Episode 4 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Come Drive With Me, or in Germany, the title is New Perspectives. Our IMDb user synopsis is 
Simon lets school friends convince him he should kindly handle a crazy girl who signed his first name all over a notebook, but keeps sending mixed or rather contradictory signals. When his roommate gets a cool job, Matt is fed up with his menial one in the cafeteria. Kid patient Adams attempts to help seem to backfire. The Camdens really need a new car, but when Eric is seen test-driving a sports car and Lou sees furnishings arrive for the extra bathroom, Annie helps the girls install for their attic suite, spelled (laughs) A-T-T-I-C-K, attic suite. The board votes against his annually scheduled raise. Um, So, yeah, I guess we'll just uh, get into that. Uh, Uh, Right. So what was your first impression? Um... Wow. I don't... Maybe it's something I just noticed, but it feels like the way the show is paced, uh, but it took a really long time to get to the meat or the crux of the episode. It really only got there in, like, in the last five or ten minutes. And this was kind of the case for like last episode, maybe two episodes ago, um, we'd mentioned that. So maybe it is just generally a Seventh Heaven thing. I feel like it could go back to the fact that Everybody, or well, no, it actually worked in this episode. Giving everyone a storyline could lead to that, like trying to get them all to a certain place and then tying them all up. Because we, we, which will, when we get into it, we get into Matt's storyline quite quickly as soon as like he shows up, but everything else really takes a while to unfold. And there um, were hijinks, yeah. So. Um, so we'll begin with the cold open as always, yeah. Um, so this one kind of starts, it's in the kitchen, yep, cam kitchen. And um, Annie and the Rev are discussing how the Meals on Wheels van, which has been, so, what was that, the end of, towards the middle, or end of season three, Mm -hmm. when Mary and Lucy were in the car accident, the um, station wagon that the family had had been totaled, and we get the idea that they have been using the Meals on Wheels van as their second car since that, but Annie um, has, like, grease on her face, and she says that the Meals on Wheels van has died. So rest in peace. So this conversation gets around to the fact that um, the the Camdens are also kind of strapped for cash, so this is not a good time to need to be buying a new car. Um, although they've been putting it off for quite a while, so. And now that they're only down to one, and they have, as they said in the episode, they have three drivers, five children, f- three seven children, seven <laughs> children. My bad, seven children, five of which are like. Outside of the house, like yeah, going to school. Well, and, and the Rev is like, when I go back to work. work right. um, so we get the idea that like Mary's going to need a car when the Rev goes back to work to take all the kids to school. So they decide that they're going to um, buy a car. Uh, this is when Ruthie comes in. We get the idea that Ruthie and the Rev have not been spending a lot of time together. So Annie comes up with this brilliant pa- plan of them spending time together to buy the car, even though whenever they've bought cars before, it's always been Annie. Because she is the mechanically-minded person. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, and then, um, and it works because Ruthie does get excited about um, the idea of going somewhere alone with one of her parents and without the twins being involved. So, um, kind of going back to that theme that has been going on since the twins were born, that Ruthie is, like, it feels like she's missing out on, like, quality time with um, the Rev and Annie, so... This basically sets up what is the storyline for the, for the parents, mostly, is this, like, money issue, and uh, the Rev is concerned about the fact that he has to ask 
his the church board for a raise. Because we learn that it's usually just an annual raise, and he doesn't need to ask, but apparently it's getting to be around that time, and he has not heard anything about it. So I would say that's the cold open. Yeah. It's just setting up that one storyline. Yep, that's it. Um, so we are going to go from there and go to Simon first, uh, since his storyline is basically really self-contained. Um, so, so Jim... From the last ep- last episode? Uh, yeah, two episodes two, ago. Two episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, with the, the the one Weepy who played the football. Right. Um, he is at the Camden's house. So I guess their friendship has escalated. Yeah, they're good buddies now. And he shows Simon this notebook that he found on the school bus that Beth Bagley had, had left behind. And in it, there are like pages and pages that just say Simon with hearts all around it. Um, and, uh, and Simon has the correct reaction to this, which is horror. Uh, he's like, oh no, what do I do? And Jim's like, well, you'll have to return it to her. And Which, this is the thing, though, this is very contrived because Jim's the one that found it. So Jim should just give it back to her. Yeah, I think Jim's like trying to set up like the whole thing of, like, you should talk to her or whatever. Um, so, or what did the synopsis say? It said, like, school friends pressure. Uh, it was That's not really what happened. Um... So we meet Beth in the next scene with Simon. Um, he's she re- has a locker next to Jim's too. Right. So that's <laughs> even more of a reason why Jim should have given it back. Um, so Beth Bagley is played by uh, Brighton Hartford. Hartford. Um, so I recognized her like almost immediately, but I can't really pinpoint where in like her filmography I know her from, but she's been in, like, Everwood and Dawson's Creek. Uh, she was in the Parent Trap movie. She was. I in- feel like I know her from the Parent Trap. Like, that was kind of when I read that she was in that. But she seems like someone who probably had, in all of these shows, like a walk-in, walk-on, right. one-episode right. arc, kind of like this. Um, and she is... Well, she prote- what she basically... Simon's like, I know what... Hypothetically, if I saw what it said in the book... I wouldn't mention it. Like, I won't embarrass you. I won't you, tell anyone right? that you are, like, writing that you love me in your notebooks. And she's like, uh, you're not the only Simon that I know. Um, and she's like, it's not about you. You're so narcissistic. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then, so she turns it around on him. And she's like, you should be embarrassed about the fact that you think it's all about you. And I won't tell anyone that you thought that. So, I mean, clearly... Ruthie needs to go to her school of manipulation because that's amazing. Um, <laughs> Simon is like, all right. No, she totally flipped it. Like, <laughs> you love me. Yeah, um, basically. And we get um, we get the best relationship that any Camden has had so far, which is with Dina. Dina. Um, Dina's like, uh, you're wrong, and you don't understand anything about women. Well, this is yeah. This is later on at the Camden house. They're just sharing a soda together, um, and they're actually each had their own soda. They're not yep. sharing a soda. But uh, Dina is like, you don't know anything about women. Um, of course she's lying to you. Do you know any other... Like, she's like, the only other Simons I know are, like, Alvin the chipmunk's brother. So she's like, it's obviously you. There are no other Simons at our school. She's embarrassed. And I, Dina was like, I think you should be... Make her feel comfortable or whatever and be, try to become friends with her. So Dina's idea is invite Beth over and try to talk to her and, like... Also, like, let her down easy. Yeah. Because um, she's like, I've been there before where I write a guy's name all over my notebook and... They don't like me. Did you ever do that in middle school? <laughs> no. Because I 100% did. Oh. But, like, I wrote it once and then the guy saw it and I was like, oh. Because it was, like, my name and then the 
guy's last name. Yeah, the risk seems very, very high. Yeah, me. I think it was just one of those oh, things. Oh, you wrote, like, their last name is your... Yeah, 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 yeah. And I did it once, and then I threw the notebook out because he saw it, and I was just like, well, bye. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it seems like a risky... I don't think I know anyone that did that. Well, now I know you did. Now but, you know me. Yeah. Um, but so, when I was in school, like, school age. Um, so Simon calls uh, Beth up. Taking Dina's advice. Oh, wait, before we do this, I just wanted to some '90s fashion, and really, this is some of the last time we'll be, be doing '90s fashion because this. Well, we could do going, Y2K though. Well, we, I like, mean, yeah, we'll move to Y2K, but this is like one of the last '90s fashions because uh, we're getting towards the end of 1999 now. I think Dina's always been on the cutting edge, though. All of her stuff has kind of been Y2K, like yeah, futuristic Y2K stuff. So she's she said it's. I don't know. She's got an eye for fashion, Dina. <laughs> um, so she is wearing a puka shell necklace um, and a long, like, gray skirt with, like, double slits. It's very late 90s, early 2000s. And then I also feel like she was wearing, like, a crop top. Yeah, and, or, like, pla- But it was, like, they, like, pulled it down because right. it would be too risque. Or to they have, pulled like, a skirt up or something. Yeah. And I feel like we didn't see her feet, but I feel like she would have been wearing platform something. Yeah. Um, so... Moving on, Simon calls Beth. Uh, Beth is suspicious. She's like, why are you inviting me over to your house? And Beth is also drinking a soda, but it's in a bottle that looks like it's lemon juice. Right. Um, so soda is the sponsor for These this fake, episode. Well, it's like fake soda brands. <laughs> they should just stick to the Snapple, who had a very heavy sponsorship of certain seasons. Um, I don't actually recall specifics about this conversation, but it's basically just Simon being like, come over. And Beth is like, why? And then he's like, come over. And she's like, okay. He's <laughs> like, my parents aren't home. <laughs> no. um, so Beth comes over, um, and she's miserable. Uh, Simon's like, do you want soda? Do you want grapefruit juice? Do you want orange juice? Do you want a cappuccino? Yeah. And she's like... She doesn't want anything. Um, she just wants Simon. Uh, and he's like, I don't really know how this works. And she's like, you don't really actually like me. Like... You. He just, yeah, he, like, tries to suggest that they should be friends. Right. Um, and she's like, I don't want, like, any... Is this when this conversation happens? No, it's not. Well, she just... Well, basically what ends up happening is she's like, you don't actually really like me, we, so why, why would we be friends? And then he goes, no, of course I like you. And then she reads that as, oh, my God, he likes me. Oh, yeah, and she gives him a real deep hug. Um, and then Simon, I guess, has a conversation with Dina that we don't see because Dina's like, and then the next day at school, Dina basically like pushes him into another conversation with Beth. Right. Cause yeah. Um, and at this point we learn that Beth, um, is like, like she schemes. She, yeah. She, she does this for all of the boys at the school. Um, because she drops another book or something and Simon picks it up and it's like Billy with hearts all over the place. Um, and so she, Simon's like, what is this? And she's like, well, there's a lot of guys in the school that aren't you and I just really want a boyfriend. Right. Cause Simon's like, oh, I think we should, we should try to be friends. And she's, he's like, but it's hard to like at our age to be friend, like have friends that are girls that are not girlfriends. It's very contrived and. Um, I that think it's stupid supposed- trope about can guys and girls really be friends? Yeah, and and Beth says the same thing, but she's like, oh, I have a lot of boys who will not like boys who are friends that don't want to be my boyfriend. So like, this is what I do. I hope that they will see. 
that I love them and come to me. So anyway, she's and then Dean is like hiding in the corner and Beth is like, she made you do this spectacular outfit. Yes, this was like a it was just a dress. It was a piece of art. This was couture. (laughs) And it had like a painting of a geisha on it or a photograph. It was many, many colors. I don't know if we'll be able to get good screenshots of this, but Probably I'll not. try. I know, because it was kind of fleeting, and we didn't see the whole outfit. But like orange elements to it as well, which is risque. But Beth, like, gestures to Dina, and she's like, oh, she made you do this, didn't didn't she? Because I guess Beth and, like, Dina are understanding, Each like, other. the girl, you know, oh, we've both been, like, rejected before, so be nice to her. So anyway, this they, all they decide they're not going to be friends or whatever. Or th- they are we don't really know and jim approaches his locker which is right next to beth's and beth drop uh, drops another notebook and by drops we mean like quote unquote she like throws it right in front of him and he picks it up and he opens it and it has jim written with all these hearts so i guess jim's her next mark yeah i bet she's gonna grow up to be like a black widow or something (laughs) Um, all right she's already well in the making for that but that's really simon's storyline which i don't really know what that has to do with like the new perspectives kind of theme um of this episode but it that's what Simon's doing I guess like be nice to people if you don't understand where they're coming from or something or if they write your name over or and over if, again in a notebook yeah they okay well anyway moving on uh, we've well, got let's go to the next male Camden which is Matt. Yep. Um. um so we know that Matt has his job which he still has like Three episodes in, yeah. four episodes in, uh, at the hospital. He's working in the cafeteria. We get uh, a couple of scenes of him just, like, being an idiot, really, um, and, like, dropping things. And yeah, like, we get the idea he's having a miserable time because, like, at one point it starts, he's mopping, and then he, like, knocks in, uh, knocks this woman's coffee out of her hand, and then he's got to mop the floor again because there's coffee on the floor. Then he's, like, cleaning up trays, but he's got, like, a bus tray, and... He knocks. He he just puts another tray and sl- like the one the one that the things that are already on the like the thing. He yeah he fall just fall out the cart fall out. But it's through entirely his fault. Yeah. it's like not like this is the worst job ever. He's just being foolish. Then he's on the floor and he tries to stand up and he knocks his head into a table. Um, we also learn uh, before like the action really kicks in for Matt's storyline that he's helped John get a job, but John's job is infinitely better than his. And it's in an environmental services, which I get, but um, because, because he does the music for the whole hospital. That's his entire job. So I guess he runs like the radio station or whatever. I thought that environmental services might be like making sure the recycling is in order. Or, like, like, tending to the garden. Or, like, using low-wattage light bulbs. Anyway. I uh, guess environmental, like, creating an environment. Yeah. Like, nuances or whatever. Um, So while Matt is having a horrible time at the hospital, uh, he hears a voice. He's complaining about it. He's like, I hate this job, but he's in a patient room. And he doesn't realize that there's anybody there, and he hears a voice, and it's the voice of Adam. Um, that's the character's name. Who is played by Josh Ryan Evans? Yep. Uh, but no. he's credited as Josh Ryan. No, in this he's re- credited as Josh Evans. In like oh. other things, he's credited as Rosh, Josh Ryan. Rosh, Ro- Josh, <laughs> Josh, Josh. And he's been in a lot of stuff. Yes, I uh, recognized him immediately. I recognized him mostly from Passions. Um, I guess if you didn't know something about me, it's that I know, I know a lot about soap operas. Um, but he was Timmy in Passions. He most notably, though, is uh, 
So Jim Carrey's uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's Dr. Seuss's but No, the but I, like the, the one live where, action, Jim, where, yeah. where Jim Carrey plays the Grinch. He plays Child Grinch. That's him. Um, so he is the child patient in this um, episode, and he kind of is becomes Matt's like new friend and also quote unquote Zen master. Yeah, and we learn that he has a disease called like he's in the hospital because he has a disease called MPS, which um, is just his his bones uh, don't grow how they're meant to grow. So he ends up in the hospital quite a lot, and he explains that he is, like, familiar with all of the hospital staff and everything, that like, the ins and outs of the hospital. So he's like, Matt, speak to me. <laughs> and so Matt speaks to him. Um, and I think, I don't know, don't, what, we get the idea that, like, like, Matt just wishes he was, like, well, it would be more noble for him to be like, oh, I wish I was making a difference. But he's really just like, I don't want to pick up trash anymore. Yeah, he said he's basically sick of food. And Adam's like, well, what do you want to be doing? And this is when Matt kind of figures out that he doesn't even know what he wants to be doing. So Adam suggests that he climbs a tree to figure it out because, well, this, in Germany the title is New Perspectives. It right. would give him a new perspective um, being in a, in a tree and like figuring out what he would like to do. Um, so Matt's like, oh, huh, that's a good idea. Except he doesn't really climb, climb a tree, but he does go after this, like, idea of let me do something different here. So um, he speaks to his supervisor. That's yeah. the next scene we get. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is not exact, exactly happy with him, not because he's, like, come to her to express his uh, how he's unsatisfied, but because Adam has already – Adam wrote a letter to her, um, that that she's already gotten, and it says, like, she's just like, are you complaining to patients about, like, your job? I didn't realize, you know, she's just kind of like, you're kind of being ungrateful and don't complain to patients about... Yeah, well, it's also, like, it doesn't unprofessional. look... Right, exactly. It doesn't look good on, like, as the hospital. Like, if one of the people at work at the hospital goes to the patients, oh, I hate it here. Yeah. And the patient's like, uh, well, if you hate it here, then why should I like it here? Um, and this really gets in the way of Matt's plans because Matt went there initially to apply for the lab assistant position, um, which is, which he... Which I don't even know how he would be qualified for. That seems like something that might take some sort of level of expertise, but Mm. anyway. So he, basically his, he, he's, thinks he's stupid for listening to Adam's advice. Yeah, and, and he's kind of... He catches up with John at some point, and they're talking about this, and he's like, oh, it's just some kid. He wrote, like, a letter in crayon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I shouldn't have listened. This is silly. But luckily, Adam is, like, hiding behind a door somewhere. And you realize, well, well like, you know, it's it's your typical scene where, the, for one person, you don't want to hear the thing that you're saying, here's the thing that you're saying, and then they are called to action. So he goes, and he speaks to the supervisor, and he's like, I think I made a mistake. Like, this is what... And we have, like, this conversation off screen. Um, I mean, we get the idea. It was just, like, it was a misunderstanding. Right, exactly. I don't exactly. know. Matt, like, isn't ungrateful about the job he has. He just would prefer to be in a different job. Um, and at this point, Matt's kind of like, oh, I've come to terms with... This is what I'm doing. I'm just going to be happy with what I'm doing. Um, but then I think the supervisor comes up to him and he's like, actually... 
Adam just had a surgery, but before that, he wanted to get his affairs in order, quote-unquote, and we, I've decided that you don't have to be doing this. You can get a different job. I don't know if it's the lab assistant job, but he is being moved to a different position. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, Matt's but, worried. Yeah, because getting his affairs in order does not sound like... Somebody's going to live. A good, a good thing. Right. Uh, so Matt sprints to um, Adam's room where a nurse or some other hospital it's, worker it's is. It's the nurse that is always there. Uh, she's played by the actress Allie Wolf. Um, I think she's just like, you know how we had the one doctor that was always at the hospital? Yeah, she's like the consistent nurse. Yes, exactly. Um, and she informs Matt that everything went fine in the surgery, but Adam is resting and that he won't. But she's like, there's a tree right outside of his window. And, like, she, she keeps repeating it, and then Matt finally gets it that uh, he's supposed to go climb the tree when he finally wants to see Adam. Yeah, because Matt didn't climb the tree in the first place, and we learn that uh, Adam can't climb trees, uh, or he shouldn't be climbing trees. So all of his talk about climbing trees is just him, like, projecting. So Matt's like, that's what I need to do. Show this kid who can't climb trees that I can climb a tree right outside his window. Um, <laughs> or that I took his advice. Right. And, yeah. I mean, obviously that's what he's doing. His I was sage just being, wisdom. All right. All right. I, was just being, I didn't think he was taunting him. I, I know. Like, I definitely don't think he was taunting him. Uh, <laughs> so he climbs a tree and they have this great laugh fest. Oh, my God. It was actually a little bit horrifying. It was. Um, everybody was laughing. John... Repeat out of nowhere. John was horrified, though. He, yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God, what is this white boy doing in a tree? And then, like... Well, he was like, I thought I heard Matt Cannon's voice. And Adam is like, you did. And he points at the window. And John is like, what? And he runs out <laughs> to like, go save Matt from the tree. Especially because apparently there's a security guard also climbing the tree trying to get Matt out of the tree. Uh, but basically, it's this, you know, idea of... This is, like, the theme of the new perspectives. Yeah. Or, like, changing the way that you look at things. Um, and this continues. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's the end of Matt's storyline, so he's moving on up Yeah. In the, ho- in the hospital job. Oh, but we do find out that he's figured out what he wants to do with his life. Yeah, um, at the end he announces two, because I think it was, um, was it the beginning of season four, the first episode, or was it the end of season three when the Rev approaches Matt and it was like, well, like, let me know when you know your major because it was the I'm end just, of season three, I think. Yeah, he's like, I'm here paying for college, and it's the end of your freshman year, right, and you right. still don't know what you're doing. Um, Which is too early. But Matt has decided that um, he is going to be a pre, like, pre-med. He's going to pursue a pre-med track, so whatever that means. He wants to go. He wants to go to med school. He wants to be a doctor. Yeah. Um, and yep. So that's great for Matt. So that sets up. I feel like Matt's like entire life for him now. Um, so. We move on to uh, the next Camden kids, which are Lucy and Mary. So we know that Lucy and Mary have moved up to the attic. Uh, we've seen their attic set up, but it seems they haven't, like, found... Still, like, it starts and they're, like, moving a bed yeah. around, so they're still trying to figure out exactly how they want the room to be set up. Um, and somehow they get talking. Oh, they're like, oh, but this room is so far away from the bathroom. Um, so they are like, well, we should ask mom or whatever if we can renovate and put a bath, like, and and because Lucy's been doing Habitat for Humanity, right. she says, like, oh, it would be pretty easy if we use the plumbing that's, like, from the other bathroom. It won't be that hard to get a bathroom set up up here. So basically Mary goes, you're the brains, I'm the brawn. This is why you should ask 
mom and dad about this. So we have the mask, and... Luckily, Annie loves home improvement projects, and she is so excited. Um, and we, just, the Rev expresses concern again because they're still talking about the, the raise, and we'll get to that with his storyline, but... Again, money problems are concerned about affording this, but Annie's like, don't worry, we have most of the things we need. We'll do all the work. We won't have to hire anyone. We just need to pay for, like, a $40 toilet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we already kind of see where the storyline is going because... Annie and Lucy are kind of, like, riffing off of each other and knowing, like, what the tools are and what the things are, and Mary's like, yeah, what they said. (laughs) I'll help them out. They know what they're doing. And this kind of continues on as they get ready to do the work by checking their tools, where Lucy's kind of, like, hyped up. She knows what all the tools are, so... um, Yeah, Annie's just, like, naming tools to make sure they have everything before they start the project, and Lucy is, like picking them up and being like, check, you know, we've got it. Um, And then, like, Mary's like, let me do one, and then she picks up the wrong thing. Right. You know, the whole thing is setting up that she is going to feel left out. Um, And uh, and honestly, this isn't something that Mary is, like, creating in her head, because then we go to see them, everybody's working on this bathroom, and actually, Mary's not involved at all. She's lying on the bed. She... I mean, Erin mentioned this as we were watching. She's like, this would be my dream scenario where I'm not given any, like, work, which is the same for me. But apparently Mary wants to be involved. So I think Lucy's working on, like, the piping or something, and uh, Annie's working with, like, building walls walls or or something. something. And nobody's listening to Mary. So Mary's like, I'm just going to go. Well, she's like, I'm going to go make lunch or something. Um, And they're like, okay, bye. (laughs) And Mary's like, oh, I need to, like, find a way to get involved. And she decides, ooh, I know what I'll do. I'll bring everybody iced tea. They'll, like, thank me for that. And as Mary's coming upstairs with the iced tea, um, they, like, it's right when Annie and Lucy are having a conversation about, like, oh, Mary's not here. Should we get her? And then, well, of course, at the, being in the wrong place at the wrong time and hearing, like, the, the one, wrong thing. Yeah. Um, Annie is like, no, we don't need her or something. But so Mary immediately turns and walks away before Annie can qualify that statement and say, well, Mary doesn't really like like doing kind of home improvement stuff. There's no reason to make her, um, you know, watch us do the work when, when it, she just would be bored. Um, but Mary has already gone left and she didn't hear that the intentions are good about like the, you know, no, we don't need Mary because she doesn't really want to be here. Uh, this also stings Mary a lot because Mary doesn't hear this, but I think we as the audience see it. It seems that Annie and Lucy are bonding quite a lot. Um, Mm. they're talking about like high school boyfriends. High school loves of Annie. And like people that should be left in the dust, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and honestly, like, uh, I have to agree with um, at Rosie Merriman um, about Lucy not being the worst. Uh, she mentioned this. I don't know if I mentioned this. Oh yeah, earlier. we didn't talk about that, but yeah, um, I don't think we've had what is this episode four, and and we haven't. Lucy hasn't been like shoving any, throwing anything in people's faces. No, no, and uh, which is usually how she's the worst. And there have been plenty of opportunities in the last few episodes for her to be horrible, but she's been. Great. I mean, not great, but tolerable. But also, I'm thinking about this a little bit. She hasn't had, like, an episode focused around here, and I feel like we got that a lot in the first three seasons. Like, a lot of episodes where the main plot line was, like, her romance with 
Jimmy Moon or Rod or Jordan, Jordan or like, and and maybe that's why because she's not like entirely um, dependent on like boyfriends and they're in this season and they're not making her because she always just seemed kind of like desperate and pathetic in those episodes. I also feel like when she does have storylines... And motivated by the wrong things. Exactly. And when she does have, like, storylines now, they're with other people, and they're not only with Mary, where they're, like, sisterly fighting. It's like, the last two episodes, she's had storylines with Annie. You know, like, where she might be doing something, which could be, like, seen as annoying, but since there's another person kind of, like, balancing her out, she's great. So, no, I've had no problem with her so far. That's why we haven't had a Lucy's the Worst. Yeah, I don't think so, yeah. All right. So, sorry, we'll move on. Um, and we get to the end of this where the toilet finally arrives. <laughs> and everybody's, or everybody, I mean Lucy and Annie, are, like, captivated by this toilet, which isn't even a fun color. It's, like, beige. A fun color. Who's fun-colored toilets? I don't know. Toilets um, can be fun-colored. Like, like them a, are, like, porse, like white. <laughs> but you can have, like, a black one or, like, a funky green one. Who yeah. knows? All right. Well, anyway... It's a normal toilet. They're like, oh my god, it's beautiful. And Mary's like, whatever, it's just a toilet. <laughs> and Annie, for some reason, this like these three words or four words are what do it for her. And Annie's like, I need to go talk to my daughter. And she apologizes to Mary. She's like, it's my fault. You're clearly feeling left out. And I like haven't done anything about it. And Mary's like, I just, I didn't want to, I just wanted you to realize that I was feeling left out. Because I didn't want it to all be in my head. And Annie's like, it's not in your head. I'm sorry. So that's good. And that's it. Uh, we don't even get to see the finished bathroom product. Uh, we, uh, no, we never will. When do they show bathrooms? All right. No. <laughs> I mean, they show the, bath- yeah. the main bathroom, but they, yeah. we don't see this bathroom. Um, so that's about, that's it. That's, you know, that that's their big home improvement project. So we are on to... The final storyline. The line. Rev and Ruthie, who, as we said... We set up the cold opener off to buy a car. Um, so Ruthie's taking her responsibility of being her dad's little helper very seriously. She's borrowed like a car magazine from Simon to do some research. Um, and we've, the first scene we get of them is they're on the lot mm-hmm. looking, um, and they're kind of mostly just near like sports car like things and like sedans. And they come across a uh, little red Corvette um, and. They well, the rev is like this is impractical. We're not going to buy this. But the used car salesman is like, "Come on, don't you just want to take it out for a spin?" Like, and the rev reassures him like, "I 100% will not be buying this car." But the guy is really nice and is like, "Well, you deserve to like just take a ride in it." He always he also says live a little, which kind of is this again like post heart attack lifestyle of the revs where he's more more inclined to do things that he wouldn't do, do before. So they go out on a ride and we have a great scene with father and daughter, you know. They both got their sunglasses st- stunner on. shades yeah. on and And so they're driving um around town and uh we get the Lou, Mr. Church Treasurer or whatever. Whatever his position is. He's on the board. He's on the board. Um he's exiting a board meeting from the, they're coming out of the front of the church and who drives by in the Corvette but the uh, Rev and Ruthie, uh, and someone else sees them and is like, oh, is the does rev? the Reverend have a, a red Corvette? Uh, and Lou, like, laughs, and he's like, of course not. And then, because prior to this, I think it had been expressed that they were, like, 
needed money. Right. There no. was a scene before this, yeah, where the Rev... Oh, it's before they go to the lot, and Ruthie says to Lou, like, you need to ask him about your raise. Um, so Lou has already been made aware of the fact that the Rev is, like, waiting on the raise because the family needs a new car and stuff. So uh, the... Seeing the Rev uh, driving around in the red Corvette is not conducive to him getting a race. Right, exactly. So uh, Lou's like, what? I thought he didn't have any money. Um, Also, we'd just like to both point out that in no way could the driving... Could you, like, recognize that the Rev was the one driving the car? Yeah, he was going way too fast. (laughs) And, like, the car was way too far away, like, from wherever the door of the church was. Um, So we have Lou show up the, like, next day or later on um, to the house to discuss this car situation and we have a clear hijinks misunderstanding where the rev thinks he's talking about one thing and lou thinks he's talking about something else yeah he says something about like well i forget how it comes up he says something about the car you've been driving or whatever and the rev thinks it was he's talking about the meals on wheels van because that is like church property and it would obviously possibly be considered inappropriate um for him to be using it for personal purposes so the Rev starts to, like, be like, well, yeah, you know, we're... The, um, oh, wait, I'm sorry, that brings something up. Since the, that church van is, van is dead, and that's church property, do they need to replace the church van? I don't know. Because <laughs> I bet it's, I mean, thinking it's, like, the cause of the death of the van is probably its use by the Camden family for non-meals on wheels things. I don't know. Well, I, I think, yeah, I know it's a, it's a plot <laughs> hole because I don't think we ever hear about the Meals on Wheels fan again. Um, so anyway, the Rev is kind of backtracking. He's like, oh, well, you know what happens, you know, when when one car gets total, totaled, you know, we, we needed to buy another one. There are so many people in this family. So Lou and, thinks the other car is the red Corvette. So he's like, it's just like hijinks back and forth. They're kind of like totally missing the point. Um, and the Rev needs to go and attend to a child who is crying probably one of the twins, Uh, and while Lou is leaving, that's when the fixtures, or as our IMDb user summary says, furnishings arrive. For the attic, with a K. Um, Yeah, so there's like a, basically a delivery from like a home improvement store, um, and the guy is like, speaking to Lou, like he lives there, and he's like, oh, for the remodeling. So... Lou kind of leaves, like, puzzled because he's like, oh, really, they need a raise, but they're doing a remodeling, and they've got this new Corvette. Um, it seems like they're doing pretty well. So um, we have a couple of conversations with Annie and the Rev and Annie and Ruthie. Just about, gen- yeah, because, like, in the beginning, too, before they go to look for the car, Annie writes down the number that, like, they can afford to spend on the new car. And Ruthie's like, whoa, that's so much. And the Rev is like, huh, yeah, like we're going to get a car for that, that much. So, And the Rev, as we mentioned earlier, is concerned about the, the bathroom costs. And Annie basically just says, you know how long it's been since I've, been, since I've sawed into a good piece of wood. So, and it's said very sensually, just like that. And he needs this for personal reasons as well. Uh, uh, but Ruthie kind of, as we said earlier, is taking her responsibility quite seriously. So she's she goes to Annie for advice. She's like, I don't understand. 
Annie is doing the taxes or something, and she says, what are you doing? Yes. Uh, so that happened again. Um, yeah, it's so it's expanded from what are we doing to what are you doing, and it's not only loose of Ruthie saying it. Sometimes people ask her what she's running. doing. Yeah, so I'm glad we caught this running gag, like, earlier. In the first episode. Yeah. Um, so basically Annie is like, well, your dad helps the community. He, like, marries people. He counsels people. Like, if people don't have homes or food or, shell- or like, clothes, he helps get that, t- like, together for Raise them. Raise the money, yeah. Like, um, just basically, like, talking about everything the Rev does. And he, she says, anything, anytime something goes wrong, he's always there for people. So we go on to the next scene, which is when the Rev finds out that he's not getting his raise. Uh-huh. Um, and he's really... Distressed. Because he's like, I don't understand why. Oh, it, uh, before we meant, sorry, before this happens, um, the board asked to see, like, they audit the Rev. Oh, that's why she was getting the receipts and stuff yes. together. Okay, yeah. Um, they, basically because they've seen the, the new car, the new quote-unquote, and Luz found out about the remodeling, quote-unquote, they're like, we need to see where he's spending his money, and... Which, like, is stupid, though, because if they saw where he was spending his money, they would see that he's not spending any money because he doesn't have any money, apparently. Yeah. So why is he not getting his raise then? But whatever. So he's well, not- they, I feel like they should have done this before they decided not to give him a raise. Well, anyway, nothing is set in stone because when Ruthie hears that uh, the Rev is not getting his raise, she comes out from the closet that she's hiding in for Cause some she, cause reason. Because she's hiding in a closet. Um, and she's like, oh... I'm going, you know, like, I don't know. She's taking her responsibility seriously. She says, the Rev is, o- like, my dad is always there. She's talking to Happy, or she's talking to the bike pump. I don't know. She's Happy. Ta- she's <laughs> carrying a bike pump around, though, too. <laughs> she's like, my dad's always there when for people when something goes wrong. I'm going to be there for him when something goes wrong for him. So she rides her bike all the way to church. Nobody in the house realizes that their daughter, that, that, that Ruthie is gone. There are so many kids, though, you know, who, who would notice. Um, she, like, rides the bike straight into the boardroom and makes her case. And she basically repeats everything that Annie told her about what the Rev does and that he, you know, helps the community when they need it. So this is why they need to give him the raise. And then she explains the whole thing because they say something about the Corvette and Ruthie is like, let me tell you what really happened. Um, Ruthie also says that, like, it doesn't matter if he's going to get the raise or not because he's going to still continue to do his job. Yeah. And that sways, or it seems to have swayed the members of the board because we go back to the Camden house and uh, the Rev can't find Ruthie. Nobody's concerned, though. <laughs> but Lou, Lou walks in and is like... <laughs> She's here. <laughs> yeah, because the Rev is like, I need to go and talk to them at the church. And Lou says, there's no need because Ruthie already came and spoke to us. Um, and... He basically says, like, we cleared up the misunderstanding. You're going to get the raise. Everything's great. And uh, the episode ends with all of the family together to see the new car. Uh, Which Ruthie apparently did pick out. Yeah. Uh, It's a van, or kind of looks like a van. Yeah, it's not not big. It's not, like, long enough. I think it only has, like, one back seat, but um, it's one of those, like, it looks shaped like a minivan. Um, but it's not a minivan. And they're like, oh, it's, it's a so... a transformer. They're like, oh, it's so quiet. Um, why don't you start it up? And, no, they say, like, start it up. And they're like, it's already running. Because Ruthie, in 1999, has picked out an electric car, understanding the value of saving emissions. And, saving and Oh, and saving money on gas, too. But... 
Yep. And that's that's it. That's the episode. Yep. The Camdens have a new car. And, um, well, this is when Matt announces his big plan to go to med school, and now they, of course, they, uh, the Rev becomes horrified because the whole kind of plot for him throughout this was that they have no money, and then med school is expensive, so... Um, they're like, oh, what, what will we do? Oh, and, no. and Annie makes a joke, and she's like, all of the money we save on gas he can use for medical school. Ha. Ha. <laughs> ha. Oh, you messed the last ha. Um, so what would you rate this episode? Oh, um, it was, like, pretty, like, par for the course. I'd say give it, like, a 3.5. Yeah, I think I'm out also going to give it a 3.5. Put it right in the middle. Um, should we review our ratings? Do we need to change our ratings? Um, we haven't talked about them yet in season four, so let's see. We're still going to say that seven is Ruthie. Yeah. And uh, the bottom is still going to be Lucy, um, because no matter what, I don't see any family member... Uh, change, like, splitting those. I mean, the Rev I've, is still pretty close to the bottom, but, like, he's still too... I mean, we've only gotten four episodes into season four, so I can't say that I've elevated Lucy to number two and the Rev to number one. It's not really like either of them done anything to change my mind, really. So one is Lucy, two is the Rev. I think three was Annie, right? Yeah. And then we had... Did we have Simon as four? Yeah. Matt as five. I thought that we had swapped Matt, oh, Matt and, Mary, and Mary and that Mary was five and Matt was six. I think... Yeah, I think you're right. So, do we need to switch any of them? Do we should we move Simon? No, Simon's okay right yeah. now. Yeah. So even though we don't do best Camden, I, th- I feel like this is the governing. Yeah. The structure generally, unless like we express really strong feelings about um, either character, that's like kind of our so this order is, of preferences. So we gave this an Annie and a Happy. Um, and we d- I didn't mention this earlier, but if you didn't catch it, uh, "Come Drive with Me" is a play on words with Frank Sinatra's song "Come Fly with Me." Um, and that is the episode. So, as we mentioned earlier, our social media, if you'd like to contact us about um, any of your thoughts on our bits, what you like, what you don't like. Or if you just want to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can email us. That's camdencast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. Uh, the handle is at camdencast. You can follow us on no, Instagram. Nope. We're at camdencast show. show. My bad. Uh, you can also comment on our Instagram or follow us on Instagram. Uh, that's at Camden Cast Show as well. And you can like us on Facebook, which is just Camden Cast, where you can leave a comment uh, if you so choose. Uh, and if you want to continue listening to us, you can subscribe on iTunes Podcasts or you can listen to us on soundcloud.com backslash Camden Cast. And if you like us or if you have anything to say, you can rate and review us. Uh, I'm Tamby. I'm Erin. And this is Camden Cast. I know there's no good.